terrorist organizations like Hamas use hostages to their advantage. And that advantage is something that is exists because of the the good guys, if you will. This is one of the reasons that we have always had as a policy you don't negotiate with terrorists because then that simply you you are giving them, gifting them power over you. You are providing them a weapon that they previously did not have. There's an old saying when it comes to the value of something. Well, what is something worth? It's what someone is willing to pay for it. Well, it's not worth that. If somebody will pay for it, it is worth it to somebody. During the Obama years, we saw a slow evolution away from the approach that we had taken as a country, and that is that we do not negotiate with terrorists. The idea behind this, of course, is that if terrorists realize that kidnapping Americans is of no value to them, then they're going to move on and try to find other areas in which they can advance their goals. Who wants something that doesn't have value? You don't carry around Monopoly money in your wallet because it doesn't hold any value unless you're playing the game of Monopoly, but out in the real world, it doesn't. The Biden administration has taken us into a world in which they broadcast very, very, very loudly. If you kidnap Americans, you can have whatever you want. They have demonstrated that through their actions and they have demonstrated it through their words, something that just yesterday, National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan did while being questioned by Kristen Welker on Meet the Press. Here's the exchange. Jake, do you have any concern that the U.S. so publicly negotiating a hostage release sends a message that Americans are willing to negotiate with terrorists, even if indirectly, and that that could ultimately put the lives of other Americans at risk on the world stage? Look, we've been in the business since the beginning of the Biden administration, and President Biden has taken a leadership role in this, in taking steps to bring home Americans who are unjustly detained or being held hostage overseas. And we've been willing to make hard decisions to do that because, as the president said, he has no higher priority than to bring Americans home. When the United States had one policy or another, people were taking Americans hostage. So from our perspective, this isn't about precedent. It isn't about policy. It's about a simple principle. If there's an American citizen being held overseas, we are going to do everything in our power using diplomacy, using influence, using leverage to be able to get those people home safely to their families. That is the commitment of President Biden. All right. So there's Jake Sullivan. And it it, it solidifies the damage that has been done through the actions of this administration, and again, to a degree, from the Obama administration, and that is putting a bounty on the head of Americans. 
Now, he tries to dismiss it here, claiming that negotiating with the terrorists one way or another, it's irrelevant. He said, uh, you know, whether there's been one policy or another, hostages are still been taken. Not to the degree. I mentioned it was a few weeks ago a hostage was taken in Venezuela, the dictatorship there demanding tens of thousands of dollars in exchange for the release of that American hostage. This isn't something that gets a lot of coverage because the media recognizes that that does not reflect well on this administration's approach of getting te- giving terrorists whatever they want in exchange for kidnapped and uh, Americans that are held hostage, especially as we go into an election year. It's yet just another massive, fully on display failure of this administration. The presentation that somehow they are taking a bold and difficult stand here by saying, I, I, I just they can't be any more clear about it. Whatever it is, however many Americans you take, we will give you whatever it is you want. We will stop at nothing to get them back. That is not the difficult stance to take. The difficult stance, and I've, I don't think there's a human being alive that doesn't recognize it is a very difficult stance to take once you've gotten us in this position in particular to say, no, we're not going to negotiate. And in this modern era with the technology of communication that is available and the ability for the terrorists to put on full display the, the hell that they will unleash on the world, This was part of their operation was to film themselves carrying out the the terrorist attack on the 7th. Their ability to utilize that in order to leverage whatever it is that they want out of the United States or other countries, that is a very, very, very difficult thing to stand up against. That is a very difficult thing to say, no, we are not going to do that. For obvious reasons. The release of an American that is a four-year-old girl. Hamas is very, very good at what they do, which is unfortunate because what they do is evil. And that puts in the minds of Americans... Images of individuals that are being held, of the innocence that is being held. And while you know, we don't want to think of any human being going through the hell that they're being put through, when you think about a four-turning-five-year-old little girl, it is playing on the emotional uh, compassion of Americans. And so it's not a coincidence that they release the people that they release. It's for marketing purposes. It is to drag this out as long as they can. It is to put so much pressure on the administration that they will give Hamas whatever it is they want in order to prevent bad things from happening in the immediate future to these individuals. Now, of course, the problem with that is you create new four- and five-year-old girl hostages in the future. It is a short-term fix, a short-term satisfaction 
that unfortunately creates an even greater long-term problem. And the greater value that you put on individual human beings when it comes to what you will give the terrorists in exchange to get them back, the more valuable they become, which means they're going to want more of them. The easy decision to make if you are putting them side by side is to do exactly what this administration is doing, and that is saying whatever it is you want, we will give it to you in order to get these people back. The hard thing is to say we're not going to do that. And the unfortunate result is what we are continuing to see, and it, it almost is becoming, well, it is part of American foreign policy that we have Americans all over this globe now wrongfully imprisoned with governments that are saying, what are you going to give us? you imagine if you walked into a, 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 onto a car lot or anywhere and said, I, I, whatever it takes, I'm going to buy a vehicle from you, whatever it is. I am not going to leave this parking lot until I purchase a vehicle. They got you. Unfortunately, that's the game that we're playing with American lives. Springfield's Talk 1041, the latest news update. From Cutter 10 and Fox 49, I'm Jesse Inman. An alert for drivers. A new lane shift may cause some delays in Springfield. Starting this morning and lasting through the rest of the year, eastbound lanes will shift at the intersection of Republic Road and Kansas Expressway. One of the eastbound to northbound left turn lanes will be closed. It's all part of the Kansas Expressway Extension Project. A Lebanon man accused of burglary and arson will be in court today, expected to enter a plea. Police arrested 53-year-old Renee Harvey Jr. in March after they say he burglarized a home and tried burning it down. Police later tracked down Harvey Jr. and linked him to several other burglaries. He was released from prison last November after a 1996 homicide. And the Chiefs beat the Raiders 31-17. Up next, a matchup with the Packers on Sunday Night Football. From Color 10 and Fox 49, I'm Jesse Inman. In the first alert forecast from Color 10, Fox 49, meteorologist Tom Schmidt, sponsored by Sinclair of the Ozarks. Home improvements, sunny 46 for a high today, clear 23 tonight, tomorrow's sunshine. With a high of 49. Johnson House Theory Realty for all of your home buying needs, your home selling needs. Perhaps this Thanksgiving you had people in your home, you visited other people's homes, your house is too big, it's too small, it's just time to move. You don't like the city you're in, you want to move out to the country, whatever it may be, all of those needs, you let her know, she's going to consult with you, find out what it is that you're looking for, your lifestyle, how long you're going to be there, and then she's going to seek out those homes so that you don't have to spend your time browsing around to find a bunch of homes that you you're like halfway through like this isn't anything like we need uh, she she narrows that down for you because she recognizes how important your time is and she's fantastic at what she does Emily Johnson House Theory Realty Newsweek has this story based around a survey that was done regarding the, the percentage of Americans that would fight for their country. And the headline is, Americans don't want to fight for their country anymore. Noting that a majority of American adults would not be willing to serve in the military if the U.S. were to enter into a major war. 
This, of course, uh, is in great contrast to the stories that many of us have have heard from the greatest generation of people who lied as you know underage kids lied about their age in order to serve. 9-11, we know many, many people um, in an instance like that um, gave up very lucrative careers. They, they just, it was a calling. They felt compelled. They wanted to do something. And while the story notes that you are generally going to have a disproportionate, disproportionately high number of Americans after um, a Pearl Harbor or a September 11th that want to join up, that there still is a diminishing sense amongst Americans that they would put their lives on the line for the country. So there's a lot of you know questions as to why this is. And, they, and, and, and the piece goes into interviewing people and, and getting their thoughts. But I, I, there's a root cause here that I've been talking about for a very long time. And it boils down to a simple question. What are you fighting for? And isn't that ultimately any time anyone decides to engage in some sort of conflict, whether it is an emotional conflict or a physical conflict, it is over something, right? Something, someone, there is a source reason that one is doing so. We live in a country where increasingly, largely because of our education system accompanied by a political party that just trashes all over everything that our country has ever been, we're we're increasingly, quote, raising young people to hate this country. Why would we expect people to fight for a country that they hate? Even in the military. With the increased wokeness, we learn that they're learning about white privilege and the horrors of America and slavery and just what a bad place we are. And of course, these young people become adults. And so we increasingly, I mean, we are at a point where through their words and actions, many of the people who are leading the military have a distaste for this country. In fact, there's a story here. CIA, but in the same vein here, ex-CIA director Michael Hayden, he had posted a uh, posting on, I'm not sure which social media platform, it was on Twitter. And there were two photos. One was a woman, an American, holding a flag and the Bible and, uh, and a firearm. You know, all that patriotism stuff. Next to that photo was a terrorist by the name of Reem Rashad or uh, Riyashi, who killed herself along with four Israelis in a in a suicide bombing. Hayden posted the words, "No difference at all between those two individuals." Now, here you have somebody, former ex, or director of the CIA, who, by the way, is used as a point person by the left, by outfits like CNN to be an expert, who is presenting, a, here's an American woman who loves the flag, loves the Second Amendment, loves the Bible, and to him, that person is just as much a terrorist as an actual terrorist who killed herself and four Jews in a suicide bombing. 
We see it constantly in this country. Look at the shooters as of late. You know, the we're, we're increasingly seeing these mass shooters and it's not, oh, because she screwed me over or uh, because of something that necessarily happened personal in their life, but it's because of things that they perceive as uh, 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 characteristics of our country. The Bernie Sanders campaign volunteer that went to the softball game. It was because there were lawmakers that were going to screw him and others over when it came to Obamacare. The shooter at the Christian school in Tennessee, white privilege, which is synonymous with the United States of America. You want another one? This fits in nicely. You may not remember. Remember there was a, this was back in the spring Louisville, Kentucky, a bank, a guy, a guy went in there and shot up a bunch of people. His name was Connor Sturgeon. Well, law enforcement just released his journal. He's 25 years old. And this was one that, you know, most people, a family was kind of surprised, it seemed like. And, you know, this was one of those that uh, people did not necessarily see, see coming. He did it because of his frustration, according to his journal. Upper class white people, climate disaster, and gun access was too easy in this country. So all things that we're told this country represents. We're the biggest polluter in the world. It's a bunch of upper-class white people where it's too easy to get guns. More and more, we see these people lashing out at what they have been taught are the sins of this country. We had as author of the week a couple years ago uh, a former Antifa activist, and he he had written this book about his time in Antifa and his you know, evolution, and you know, finally realizing the evils of Antifa and how Antifa is in fact actually fascist. But part of what he talked about and wrote about in the book was he learned to hate this country in the public schools. That his parents had migrated here to the United States because they saw that it was a great country. And that was in those early years what his, you know, as much as one's mindset can be at a young age. But once he got into the public schools, he began learning about white privilege. He began being indoctrinated into this belief that as a country, we hoard up all the wealth. And that's why all the other countries are bad, that we're a racist country. To use as an example, once again, what we've seen right here in the Springfield public school systems. Bussing kids of colors, of color, off-site in order to convince them that they're all victims of racism due to white privilege. And then when one school board member calls out the fact that they, of course, were lied to, then you have the entire establishment trash on the person who revealed the lie. And we wonder why it is that we find less and less people that would fight for this country. Why would they fight? You have many of them fighting against this country. 
whether it is protesting against this country, and I don't mean protesting against certain things that you see as an injustice. If you listen to them, if you read Black Lives Matter is a perfect example, their manifestos or their mission statements, it's all about systemic racism, this, and how awful of a country, this and that. And we are a country that is, quote, built upon. Are, are, are we really going to be surprised that we have less and less people willing to go to war, to sign up to defend a country they've been taught to hate? The only thing about it that is just it makes one shake one's head is when you have a story and you have all of these different people weighing in on about what could cause it. Well, you know, kids today, they just want instant gratification and kids today, this and that and so forth. And while it oftentimes is not uh, a, um, uh, an inaccurate assessment of our culture today, the one missing element that is the main theme here. And I think some of this is denial is the fact that increasingly we have a segment of our population that hates what this country stands for. Generally speaking, and by generally, I would argue always, you are not going to have an organization that has people working on its behalf if they can't stand what the organization stands for, right? Doesn't that make sense? Whatever the organization is, it's generally filled with people, particularly those that are actually doing the work and and that are out there promoting it. These are people who believe in the cause. That's how that works. So when you develop a country filled with people that think the cause of this country is a horrific thing that needs to be fought against, we really shouldn't be surprised when you see a diminishing level of support for the country, particularly when it comes to the question of, hey, would you sign up to fight for this country? What are you, out of your mind? Springfield's Talk 1041. i I'm Nick Reed. Gotta get a traffic update. A couple of American Transmissions talk and text line messages. When I heard the report about people not willing to serve uh, on behalf of the United States. My first thought was distrust of our current administration. I would not trust them to make good decisions about how my life was put in harm's way. You also have the woke agenda to deal with. And it does get hit from both sides. That That is an excellent point. This is reflecting on this Newsweek piece that centered around a survey showing that less and less people, uh, now a majority, are, would say, no, I wouldn't serve for the country. And I noted that when you create people to dislike their country, to believe what it stands for is not good, you're probably not going to find that they're willing to fight for that country because they feel that the country's bad and that it represents horrible things. In fact, much of this pro-Hamas, pro-terrorism sentiment amongst uh, left-wing activists in this country is intertwined with anti-Westernism, anti-Americanism. It is all threaded together uh, from the same same sort of perspective. But then you do look at those who do love the country and they see what's happening with our military. They see that it is being run by individuals that are willing to cut and run, that will hand over a country like Afghanistan to terrorists that 
are indoctrinating uh, those within the military to not trust one another based off if you know they love history or if they're white. And you lose a lot of the people who would sign up because they do love the country. And on the, you know, the the flip side of that coin, why would people who love the country want to fight under people who don't love the country? So they're managing to destroy it from both perspectives. You lose the desire of people who don't love the country to fight while running off those who do love the country. Uh, because of your clear efforts to indoctrinate people within the military into not loving the country. And then those that do, they get painted as what? Potential terrorists. And we've seen that in the military under the Biden administration as well. The first alert forecast from Color 10 Fox 49 meteorologist Tom Schmidt. Sunshine 46 for the high today. Clear 23 tonight. Sunny 49 tomorrow. A couple more of your text messages for Sarah Myers. Thank you. Well, it's time to start thinking about Christmas. And if you're looking for a great local gun shop to do that Christmas shopping at, then look no further than Brad and his team down at Quick Draw Gun in Monette. I love to recommend Quick Draw Gun simply from my own personal buying experience. Uh, I was a first time gun owner and I had a lot of questions and wasn't exactly sure what I was looking for when I was going through that purchase process. And they did a great job answering all of my questions. They helped me narrow down my choices. They did a good job educating me. And my favorite thing was they didn't try to sell me something that they wanted to sell me. They wanted to make sure that uh, they made the the right choice for me. And I really appreciated that. Uh, so if you are looking for uh, a good gun shop to do an ammo restock, if you're looking to add to your firearm collection, if you are looking for a good Christmas gift, Quick Draw Gun in Monette is the place to go. Now, you can find all of the contact information for Brad and his team at ksgf.com under the Sarah's Endorsements tab. Uh, without going through and reading all of them, because they are similar in theme, I'll share that on the American Transmissions Talk and Text Line, a number of you are noting that the reason that you would not and do not, in many instances, encourage family to enlist in the military if they've been thinking about it is the increasingly the perception of the increasingly poor treatment that this current administration um, provides to those who are serving. Some of you mentioned COVID shots and uh, specifically I saw, while some may see it as anecdotal, but it falls into this theme, uh, a story about um, one of ours who had been in Afghanistan and was forced to leave behind much of, of the the weapons that were assigned to him under his care so that the Taliban could have it, as we all know, the billions and billions of dollars that the administration gifted them. And he recently, I think it was Gateway Pundit or Daily Wire, one of those had a story, Gateway Pundit, where he got a bill from the administration or from mm -hmm. the military for a bill because he, for the, the things that he was told to leave behind. And I, I get it, I know, particularly when it comes to government, that goofy things that don't make sense oftentimes occur. But we have seen more and more of a theme of this, almost, it's just a contempt that the people running the military have for those who are serving the military. And I guess you just add all of those things. You ask yourself, for what reason? 
And I'm not saying that there aren't people that don't have good reasons to serve in the military, but if you're asking non-military individuals, would you serve uh, in order to defend your country and when you have segments of the population that you are educating to not like anything about this country, it's run by people who demonstrate they don't really like the country, which means you're going to definitely alienate a lot of people who do love the country from wanting to serve under those individuals. You really narrow your pool of people down quite a bit other than those that just like the idea of of being in the military for reasons that have nothing whatsoever to do with defending the country now i want to go back and just get you the latest details on something i referenced earlier in the context of people increasingly being successfully indoctrinated into hating what our country is about and there was this shooting that took place it was I think it was in April of this year, and it was in Louisville. It was Louisville Bank, and I, I grabbed a story at the time, uh, what we know about the gunman who opened fire at Louisville Bank. And at the time, they noted that the 25-year-old bank employee wrote a note to loved ones before heading to his job Monday morning, opening fire, killing five people and injuring eight others, according to law enforcement sources familiar with the investigation. The gunman, identified as Connor Sturgeon, uh, started his attack around 8.30, opened fire as some employees met for morning meeting. Um, there were no prior writings by the gunman indicating he struggled to fit in. And this was one of those stories where family was surprised. They said that he never really demonstrated any sort of violence. Uh, there were no prior engagements with police. This was not one of the stories that seems familiar where people are like, oh, yeah, he was a weirdo. And then there were red flags and then police had been notified. But they said they couldn't do anything. This seemed to be the opposite story. Well, quietly, and Breitbart has this story. Over the weekend, Louisville mass shooter believed killing upper class white people could finally secure gun control. The Journal of Connor Sturgeon, the 25-year-old Louisville mass shooter, has been released by law enforcement, and it shows that he targeted upper-class white people in hopes of securing more gun control. The Louisville M Metropolitan Police Department released documents uh, containing entries from his journal. It was back in April of uh, this year. In the journal, he cited his frustration over the climate disaster and gun access. He wrote, quote, I have decided to make an impact, but because I was depressed and able to buy guns, they are gone. Perhaps this is an impact for change, upper class white people dying. On April 9th, the day before the shooting, he wrote, this is not an accident. I'm sorry I had to lie all week, but this is something I have to do. It has all been planned and it is flawed, but I think it will work. Later in the paragraph, he wrote, I pray this can send a message to those in power that they are not invincible. I'm sorry for everything the night before the attack. He wrote, this is intentional. There's nothing anyone could have done. So yet we see another individual carry out an attack, killing individuals that are innocent because they are, and in their, their reasons for it are Democrat talking points, white privilege climate change, gun access. And I'm sure you probably recognize at this point why in all likelihood this is the very first that you're hearing about this information. 
if this were somebody that were talking about how we needed to secure the border and lower taxes and Trump was right, this would be lead story all over the place and it would certainly be presented in the context of the upcoming election. But because it's somebody that yet once again, adding to the list of young people who believe in and regurgitate the talking points of the Democrat Party as their reason for killing as many innocent people as possible, you're not going to hear much about it. <laughs> Incidentally, Business Insider. Now here, this headline alone, Business Insider. What happens for GOP candidates if Trump dies during the 2024 election? It notes that uh, he's 77. If he trumps, if Trump dies while running for re-election, there's a few different things can happen. There's no national deadline to file to run for president of the United States. Instead, filing deadlines vary dependent on the state and the party. There's currently eight declared candidates, including Trump, on the GOP side. If Trump were to die before January 1st of 2024, there would likely be other Republicans who would want to jump into the race. And then it, it just it talks about just in case, you know. <laughs> just in case now there's a similar story that references if sitting presidents uh you know just constitutionally what happens because you have the vice president in there uh but this story specifically just wondering out loud no no I don't know, something happened to have Trump he just died like his heart stopped because I don't know a bullet went through it or something just so we all know what we would be looking at So we have a media that, along with the Democrat Party, that is constantly talking about Donald Trump in the context of being Hitler, being Mussolini, telling their followers that if Trump gets reelected, democracy as we know it will come to an end. telling their supporters that there will not even be another election ever held because Trump will do away with elections. Now, we know how their followers behave when they are told these things. You know, like the attempted assassination on Kavanaugh and all the other conservative Supreme Court judges that he declared he was going to try to kill to stop Roe v. Wade from being overturned. I don't believe this is an accident. While they may cover up the fact that there are increasing numbers of shooters out there that are utilizing their talk, the Democrat talking points, and, and they, according to their own writings and rantings, believe what they're being told and believe that they are doing something good. That they are stopping the planet from being destroyed. They are stopping future killings by uh, hopefully triggering new gun control laws. And though that same audience of people is being told, oh, by the way, Trump over here, now you know he's Hitler. And, you know, the country, as you know, it's going to cease if he gets reelected. Well, by the way, here's an article that tells you what happens if he's killed before he gets elected. Just, just out of, you know, I'm, just in case you're just wondering what that might look like. Not a coincidence. It, it can't be. 
Springfield's Talk 104.1. I'm Nick Reed. All of your home loan needs. You may think, ah, it's in the time. Interest rates are high. Everything's going to hell. The Biden administration is intent on making things worse. They say everything's working, so why are they going to change, right? But it doesn't mean that it's not the time for you if you're thinking about purchasing a new home, but you want to hold off because of the interest rates. Now, some of it's going to depend on forever home or where you're moving. Do you own a home now? Is this an investment home? These are all questions that the characters can answer for you. That's why I, I just make them your first and last stop, okay? Don't go based off what somebody is telling you or what you're seeing on the news or why well, watch Squawk Box or whatever those shows are, and they recommend this and that. Just don't, 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 don't. What you do do is go to IWantAGreatHomeLoan.com. They're going to get your information and tell them your concerns, the reasons that you're thinking maybe now now's not, not the right time. And you may find out, yeah, you know what, um, you, you may want to wait until this and we can revisit it. Or you may find some information that you realize, huh, I guess I didn't know for sure. Now I do. IWantAGreatHomeLoan.com. Because you do. There's a story that is out of Tennessee. And it is on KY3's website because it's a, a f- same same company, Gray, Gray News. So I mentioned that because you may have seen this. Tennessee middle school administrators allegedly show up drunk to school basketball games, school says. Several middle school administrators have been reassigned after allegedly showing up to a school basketball game under the influence. A rep for the school system reported the principal... And three assistant principals of New Providence Middle School have been removed from the school after events at a basketball game on November 9th, according to a letter to families from the chief academic officer for the Clarksville-Montgomery school system. The letter said the administrators were not present at the start of the game and arrived late while the game was in session. The later the letter also said that based on the interactions they had with others, it appeared that the administrators had consumed alcohol or were under the influence of alcohol. So simply put, the paint the, the picture this is painting here is that they showed up halfway through the game and they were just clearly drunk, right? So they had been at Applebee's or something or wherever beforehand out in the parking lot and just having a good time and they're like, hey, let's go to the game, okay. And uh, and it was just clear to people that they had too much drink, enough so to where it got reported and they were dealt with. Uh, the Then it lists the name of the individuals. It's got You've got an, a, a principal, an assistant principal, or numerous assistant principals. Now, this is what I just think is so glorious about this story. So it says they've been, uh, they're, they're being reprimanded and they um, were removed from the school after the events. Okay. Now, according to the letters of reprimand that the administrators received, or this is what they received, a one-day suspension was recommended for each person and to be reassigned to a certified teaching position for which they are qualified and licensed effective December 1st. So I don't know why I just thought that that was funny, and maybe it shouldn't be, that here they show up as administrators drunk at a school activity, and their punishment is to be teachers. It's like, you are no longer qualified, clearly, to be an administrator. Now, a teacher, that that on the other hand, this is where you're going to sit for a while. 
Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. Awesome. Congratulations to uh, Republic on the state. I think that's next Friday in Columbia uh, football. There are a number of. <laughs> what? The, do you hear about Republic? They're, they're just not having school Friday. Hey. They're like, you know, there's a lot of uh, people that want to go to the game and, and, you know, obviously the players and everything. So Is it Marionville going as well? Uh, I don't know. I guess maybe in their division or something. I don't yeah. know. I'm paying attention to Republic because that's where I am. And then, of course, people that are battling on social media. Some parents are like, hey, what are we, you know, we this is not real far in advance. What are we supposed to do with our kids? Because I guess the school, any sort of um, program that the kids could be left at, uh, they're saying aren't going to be active. And so they're. And, and you're not evidently just talking about the high school, but I think the whole district maybe. Wow. So, you, yeah, you have a lot of parents that are scrambling like, hey, what are we supposed to do here with our kids? Then you have other people that are saying, well, listen, you have less notice when it's a school day. Um, and so we manage then. And plus, this is something that people should be celebrating, excited about. It's just a, a huge deal for Republic. And, you know, like most things <laughs> – the internet's a place that you go to celebrate and then have somebody tell you uh, why you're wrong. And I'm not taking a side on that one, by the way. I think that uh, for some people, it is awfully inconvenient. Um, I, I don't think that you can make it not be convenient for or expect them not to be inconvenienced or to be unhappy about the inconvenience. But at the same time, sometimes that's life. Yeah, things pop up, they happen, and it is inconvenient. Um, but uh, hopefully they win. That's exciting. It is exciting. It is uh, exciting. Uh, we have such a big day Friday, I can't go up to that. Boo. Yeah, I know. We've got news coming up in 60 seconds. I'm Nick Reed.